Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the Anxiety Chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the Anxiety Chicks and join over 50. 
500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinara. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to see you guys today. Or to see you. <laughs> Wish we could see you guys. Um, I'm so used to just saying that. It's so nice to see you when I talk to people. Um, but it's so nice to be back with you guys today. And nice to see you, Taylor. I can see Taylor. Yeah. It's always <laughs> nice to see your face. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed our anticipatory anxiety episode. We've been getting some good feedback on that. Um because there are way more people that struggle with that than I realized. Um, and I don't know, just go listen to it if you haven't. It's a really good episode. Um, and, you know, just thank you everyone for the reviews. We've received a couple more reviews. We'd love for just people to leave us some more reviews on iTunes. It would really, really be helpful for us. Um, if you do like the show and you listen to it, it just helps kind of get the word out there for our podcast and help raise mental health awareness and anxiety awareness a little better. So um, we'd love that feedback if you could leave us a review. Um, and also don't forget to get the Anxiety Healer's Guide on sale now. Uh, link in the show notes, uh, Coping Strategies and Mindfulness Techniques to Calm Your Mind and Body by yours truly, Allison Sepinera. Um, been also been getting some great feedback about the book, people DMing me, just telling me that it's it's just so incredible that it's such a great tool they have. They actually like bring it with them when they leave the house. And if they're going anywhere, it makes them feel so safe to have something that, like that with them um, just to kind of take out and practice some of the tools and techniques in the moment, um, wherever they are. So um, highly recommended. Taylor, you haven't gotten yours yet? No. Gosh, what is going <laughs> on? Sorry, that's just, you guys should see my face right now. I, I've been trying to send the book to just some people that, you know, I feel like I would love to read, especially you. I don't know what's going on. So anyway, we'll work that out. But um, you guys, I'm just like so excited and thank you so much. You can just go on the show notes and like order your copy now or just even find more information if you want to. And it's also available on Audible. So if you Enjoy listening to my voice on here. It's a little, it's a little more soothing, and um, but you can, I, I do narrate it, and you can actually listen to the book instead of of getting it. Um, someone actually DM'd me last night saying that she bought the audiobook and loved it so much, but wanted to get the actual book with it too because there's some, you know activity worksheets in the book. Um, you do get the PDFs with the audiobook as well, but she just wanted to have um, kind of the tangible item to write in and all that stuff. So you can get both if you want to. Um, anyway, thank you so much for your feedback. Taylor, what's been up with you? Anything you want to kind of share or update? Um, no, I mean, I think today will be a great topic talking about sleep anxiety and I think I want to start back when I first started getting anxiety. Um, okay. My so we're going to jump biggest, jump right into it. We're talking about sleep right anxiety. Into it. Um, yeah, it's going to be a quick one today, guys. Uh, got lots of clients today, but wanted to get this in for y'all. Um, yes. So when I first started getting anxiety, I had, I guess you would call it more like, they call it more nocturnal panic attacks. So like, I feel yes. like I could control myself pretty decently um, during the day. And then when nighttime came, it was almost like this switch would turn off that 
I mean, turn on that was like panic. Like it was like, okay, time to panic. Everything's quiet. The world is quiet. Panic. And something about also like it being dark outside. It's just, I don't know. It felt almost claustrophobic. It's a very weird thing to describe, Mm -hmm. but something about when the sun's out, it feels more open. It feels just happy. I don't know. Um, So that's how my anxiety was then. So then I had absolutely no coping techniques. I did nothing to help myself. I basically would stay up and watch um, reality TV basically just as late as possible until I passed out. And that was like the only coping technique I had. So yeah. it was like, I, I I did nothing. I did nothing to help my sleep anxiety and nothing was going to change that. And I didn't realize it back then. Like I said, I just thought there was this magic wand that would say, boom, you're healed. And so now, oh my goodness. my well, wait, routine- can, I ask a, can I ask a question really quick though, before you tell us like yeah. what worked? Did when you, when you watched like the shows, would you would you was it you woke up in the middle of the night and and then you would put on like reality TV or it would be no, before you even would, went to sleep? I would literally watch like it always had to be like some reality TV, some like mindless, like very uh, almost like you're watching them and you're just like, are you kidding? You know, like those kind of people. Right. And I like, would. Was yeah, it before would, you went to sleep though? Yeah, I would turn it on oh, and watch okay. it, and then I'd basically watch it until I physically passed out from exhaustion. Oh, okay. So okay. it was like I would stay up so late until I – because this was over uh, – this is when things got really bad. So it was summer between uh, going into senior year. So I ha- I didn't have anything going on like to where I had to like be up at a certain time. Uh, that summer I wasn't taking any, uh, obviously like I couldn't do it. I had to take time off of life because my anxiety was so bad. So, okay. Because I actually do something similar, but I, I don't do it. Like I always have to turn off my TV before I go to bed, but I wake up a lot in the middle of the night and then I'll literally watch something on my phone in the middle of the night, which is the worst thing to do ever. Very, (laughs) very, very bad. But it's the only thing that sometimes... We'll just I'll I'll fall back to sleep, but um, there's definitely healthier ways to help sleep anxiety. So so sorry, I just wanted to clarify that. But go, so you were starting to talk about what was kind of helping you now. Yeah. So so come to find out, like it's really common. There's a lot of people that have the panic attacks more so at night, or they feel just very out of control at night. They start having, I think, because it's just like everything's calmed down. There's nothing you have to do. There's nowhere you have to go. There's like you know, it's it's your time to just be in your mind. And I think sometimes that's the worst place when you're dealing with the oh, worst yeah. anxiety, like meditation Ugh. and all of that is just so out the door when you're in that beginning stage of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So. I was, I mean, this all like wraps into each other, you know, like taking control of your mental health, it all wraps into each other. So nothing's just going to change. Like sitting at home, expecting your sleep to get better and expecting things to get better. It's just not going to happen. I would wish every day for it to happen, (laughs) but I realized I had to take control of my sleep and my mental health throughout the day. Obviously that's step one is like working on your mental health throughout the day that's going to help you at night. Like you got to get that anxiety down. You have to get your stress management in control. But with sleep, also creating a routine, I didn't realize the importance of that until I actually did it. Like I kind of thought it was stupid. And that's how I am when I approach a lot of things. And that's a limiting belief I have is that it's just not going to work. 
Um, so working on obviously like my limiting beliefs, like, and I've said this before with meditation and all of that, it's all about getting through believing it's not going to work for you and just giving it a dang chance, giving it a chance longer than a day, longer than two days, at least giving it like a month, I'd say. So with my sleep, I'm very uh, routine about it. I have a lot of things. So I make sure before I ever watch any TV, I've done my night routine with washing my face because this is really important because if you go to wash your face right before you get in bed or wash off or something, I mean, unless you took like a hot bath, but if you go to like, say, just wash your makeup off, right? Right before bed, you're splashing like lukewarm water onto you and it's kind of waking you up. Like think about when you're having a panic attack, you splash water on your face. It just like regulates your nervous system to be like, okay, yes. we're here. Like it's a little like jolt, Right. So, so that's like a big no-no. Like when I would do that, I would feel like almost wide awake. And then I put my like moisturizer on, which is kind of cold when you put it, put it on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that would like wake me up more. So realizing like getting that done earlier through the night and not waiting until you're like dead tired. So I do that. And then I also have a thing called a hatch sleep. So I have it all set up before I go to bed. So it's basically this thing on the side of my bed and it has like a um, kind of yellow, sorry, not yellow, a reddish orange light, which has been like proven to make you almost sleepy, like drowsy. So the light light will be on at night and it's like this reddish orange light. And it's kind of like those, uh, those, uh, infrared lights. Kind of, but, uh, what are those glasses? I can't remember the name. I'll have to think of them. was telling me about that too. Those glasses. Yeah. Okay. And so um, it does that light, but then it also like right when I tap it, like I'm ready to fall asleep, I tap it and it starts my wind down night. So I'll start with a 15 minute meditation and then it goes into the sound of sleep I want. So I listen to like sometimes heavy rain, sometimes it's birds, it's just something white noise. And so it'll do that. And so that's like a key component. Like I have that. And then I also have my chili pad. So sleep, this is like optimal for your body for healing for everything is keeping your bed temperature at like 60 66 to 68 or so and so I keep that running throughout the night and it's basically just this pad you can look it up Uh, I think a couple companies make it now and it's uh it just sends like you put water in the machine and it sends just like cooling vapor kind of and it keeps you cool so that's key. And then before bed, that's I always amazing. take CBD about 30 to okay. 60 minutes before bed. So I'll do that. And then um, and, and then I've switched out books for Kindle. So the Kindle Oasis, which is the uh, paper white, paper-like, but it also has a kind of a ba- – it's backlit, but it doesn't activate your brain. Okay. So it doesn't keep you awake. So like TV, your phone yes. – that's all blue light. Like that's yes. activating your brain. And even if you're like, oh, well, it helps me fall asleep. It's not giving you quality sleep because it's it's messing with your circadian rhythm because it's almost mimicking like sunlight. And yes. so they've they've studied so many studies have shown that when you when you're exposing yourself to the TV bright and like your phone bright right before bed or whatever, you're really messing with your circadian rhythm. So maybe you wake up in the morning and you're like, I just don't feel rested. Like I feel like I got mm-hmm. seven to eight hours and I just don't feel rested. That that can be huge. And then that can be another factor as to why you have anxiety because you're not getting quality sleep. So you think mm-hmm. you are 
but you're not really rested. And when you're not really rested and then you're stressed all day, it's just, it all, guys, it's a domino effect. And once I realized that anxiety is a domino effect, you know, and you're like, why am I anxious? Like, or why do I feel this way? Like, I don't even feel anxious. You know what I mean? You're like, nothing even happened. But when you think back to the last yes. like, 48 yes, hours, you're always, like, yeah. Yeah, you're like, let me go through it. Okay. My sleep mate, I was on my phone late. I was trying to, I was on, t- especially with all the things nowadays TikTok, Instagram, right? Oh, Everyone's yeah. just scrolling, oh, yeah. scrolling, scrolling before bed. And it's the most dangerous thing you can do for your circadian rhythm. And then another thing is, right when you wake up in the morning, you need to directly expose yourself to, like, face your face to the sun. Do not put on sunscreen, mm-hmm. none of that. Go directly out in the sun and regulate that circadian rhythm 10 to 15 minutes if you can directly in the morning or whenever the sun rises. So say you get up before the sunrise. Um, so important. And I mean, when I started regulating, people are almost like jealous of the way I sleep because it's just like I've created this routine where I just yes. really am like a master of sleeping. I And I and because I realized also how important sleeping is for our mental oh, health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I use is I have this ring on and it's called Aura. And this ring basically dissects my sleeping, my HRV, my heart rate. It tells me if my body's recovered from my workout from the day before. It okay. tells me how much REM sleep I got, how much deep sleep I got, how much movement I had, my body temperature. Uh, it can even like detect when you're starting to get sick because it's like, hey, like things are looking a little like uh, you might need to rest a little more. Like some days it'll be like, Hey, like take off your workout for the day. Like you didn't sleep well, you need to just take time off. And so like recognizing those things rather than saying, Oh my gosh, I got to go do my workout today. Like my body's not rested. So if I go do that workout, I'm pushing my adrenals. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm pushing my adrenals that can lead to more mental health problems. So it's like everything is correlated. And I think that's all key to keeping me from having my panic attacks. That that ring is sort of like a Fitbit for your finger, right? Oh, <laughs> way different than Fitbit. Is it? It just or like an Apple Watch for your finger? I just feel like it does way, way different better than, than that. Watch. I don't have it's, I don't have an Apple Watch, but I feel like I've I wear my Apple Watch. People talk about I wear, like I wear that, my Apple Watch stuff. during the day, but see the thing with the Apple Watch is it has a lot of EMF radiation, or it can. So like you What's don't want to really be so What's EMF. EMF it's just not good for you. Um, it can cause does it cancer. stand for something? Is it like what electromagnetic is it? frequency? Okay, and that's and it's just not good for you because it can cause cancer. I mean, no radiation is good for you. Ah, okay. Um, so it just it has more like cellular. So it's just not something you want to wear twenty four hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like so the- it's bad for you. I just don't want to. And and you can't because Apple Watch you have to charge. But also the Apple Watch doesn't show like your sleep cycle. And so my aura, I'm big on just my, my sleep cycle, my temperature. Apple watch doesn't take temperature. Apple watch does measure HRV, but not sleeping HRV. And the aura ring is just super focused on like recovery and sleep. So, okay. So that's good to know that the Apple watch is something maybe you don't want to wear all the time. Well, I mean, people would argue so that's why I don't want to scare anybody that might be wearing no, an Apple Watch no. right now. Yeah. I wear, I wear <laughs> that's an Apple why Watch. I wear an asking. Apple Watch, so. Yeah, that's why I want to kind of explain it because I don't want to scare anyone that's wearing. I think it's okay, but um, yeah, but there's yeah, there's a lot of um people that have been talking about that type of thing that I've heard. But the but the fact is, like, 
what you're explaining is like sleep hygiene, right? That's something that I right. have seen uh, the term called sleep hygiene and um, how to kind of establish your own routine and your own way of um, incorporating sleep hygiene into your evening because um, that's really what's going to kind of like prepare your body and prepare your mind to be at rest and to right. really get into that um, get in get into that rhythm, right? The circadian rhythm. Um, and so anything that works, sometimes it's really hard to know like what works though. It takes a little while to figure out Absolutely. like you found those tools and like, you know, some people don't have access to some of those things. Um, mine looks a little different, but I still have my own type of tools and what I need. Um, and I'll give you an example because I went away this weekend and I just posted this on my stories because I never sleep like really well when I'm on vacation or when I'm like sleeping somewhere else. Like I just don't. I try and I do my sleep hygiene even where, you know, if I'm not at home and it just does not translate <laughs> like it does when I'm home. So, um, and this past weekend I was actually at a yoga retreat, which talk about relaxing, right? I mean, it was this amazing, beautiful um, you know, serene environment and very quiet. Um, I will say the bed I was on was very uncomfortable. So that was something, but I'll explain to you, you know, where I brought all of my sleep hygiene tools with me. Um, and so a couple of things that I need to be able to sleep because I don't necessarily have anxiety. Um, like when we talk about nocturnal panic attacks, right? So, Nocturnal panic attacks are, before I kind of talk about my tools, I'll just explain a little bit more about what they are because um, not everyone experiences them, but that can be something that's very um, indicative of sleep anxiety. Um, but obviously everyone's anxiety looks different. It's kind of like, you know, a, a, a spectrum, right? So, um, but nocturnal panic attacks, I actually did a post about this like last year. I'm going to repost it again soon because it, it a lot of people resonated with it. Um, so it's described as when the brain is unable to switch off during sleep. So any pent-up worries or anxieties manifest in our unconscious brains, causing a nocturnal panic attack. So they also can be known as night terrors, if anyone's experienced that with their kids or with themselves. Um, I don't necessarily think they're always night terrors, because um, that can sound like scary, but they can happen while, like, even while you're asleep, like your heart rate can start racing. Or if you're dreaming about something really scary, you know, if you have really vivid dreams, um, you can actually like wake up with a panic attack and your heart can be racing and it actually feels even scarier waking up. Some people kind of just wake up and then they start feeling really anxious and panicky and getting all those same similar symptoms as they get with panic attacks. Um, a lot of times they usually last for a few minutes, but it can take a long time for you to calm down enough to go back to sleep. Um, obviously, everyone's systems are different. So there might be times when you have one of these and they last longer than a few minutes for sure. It can be so scary. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when you have these, these nocturnal panic attacks, you almost get even more anxiety because you're so scared that's going to happen again. So that can lead to insomnia. And and like not sleeping at all or not getting into that REM sleep at all. So that can feel 
um, like when we were talking about anticipatory anxiety last week, we were talking a lot about how if you have a panic attack in a certain place and you're going back to that place again or, or you know, you have to walk past a certain window or you have to, I don't know, something where you, you know you were panicked before, you're going to anticipate so much fear and like worry before you even do that again because you, you're like, oh my God, am I going to have a panic attack again? Like, am I going to, is this going to happen again? So with sleep anxiety, it's like that part of your brain is just like, oh my God, how am I going to fall asleep? What if I wake up with a panic attack? What if I can't fall asleep? And then you're laying there and then that's what causes anxiety because your brain just keeps racing. Why can't I fall asleep? Why am I not tired? Oh my gosh. Okay. What time is it? You look at your clock. Oh my God, it's 11 o'clock. I have to wake up at six. Okay. Go to sleep. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just, you can do it. And then you look at your clock. It's 1230 a.m. Too much energy. Into it, and then you got adrenaline going, and then what I've noticed with what you just said with that, people feel during the day so tired, and then when nighttime comes, they start doing that cycle, and then they just Mm -hmm. boost a ton of adrenaline, and then they're wide awake. Some people feel like they could start their day. Oh my gosh, it's it's all you want to do is sleep, but your brain is so hyperactive, and. And just the thoughts of like the spiral thoughts, especially if you've been struggling with this for so long of just like, I just want to sleep. Literally in your brain, you're just like, what is wrong? And -hmm. it's just scary and it's really annoying. And it's, you know, obviously- Because then then you're like, then you're like, because I know sleep's good for me. And if I don't sleep, like things could be bad. And so then I'm not not sleeping. So things must be bad. And then you just even spiral that way. And then you're like, now I'm never sleeping. I'm unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. Uh And then you just go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Horrible. And I mean, thank goodness that there are for, um, you know, people that have chronic insomnia, obviously you need to shut your body down. Like you need sleep. I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's talked enough about how important it is because I don't know if you understand this, but if you literally don't sleep, I think for a week straight or something, like you can go into psychosis. I mean, yes. literally your brain, maybe it's more than a week. I don't know that. I don't know that number, but you can literally go into a psychosis if you don't sleep. So your brain literally like atrophies. <laughs> so thank goodness there are, you know, if, if you're experiencing some some really debilitating anxiety, um, definitely go go check in with your doctor. There definitely are some medicines that can be helpful to kind of help you get back on that track of me. If you need that, obviously do not feel ashamed of needing to just go and maybe ask for some type of medicine or ask questions because that that is helpful for some people. Um, but, you know, that's just a part of the toolkit if that's it for you. So so we're talking about, you know, creating a routine um, and trying to maybe think about the tools that you really are work for you. So for me, I need to have a noise machine always on. Um, I need to have a fan on me if I can. Um, that temperature thing you were talking about, right? Um, I do need to have it at a certain temperature. Like when I went away this weekend, I didn't have a fan. I like didn't bring that with me. Maybe that was waking me up a little bit, but mostly it was the bed that was so uncomfortable. But I also brought my own pillow (laughs) with me. I have a pillow that really, that I sleep with every night. It's the same pillow. And it is a certain type of texture. Um, It's a certain type of, uh, you know, fluffiness. And it's just the pillow I sleep with. And it's what really helps me. Um, I have to sleep with an eye mask. I have a room that 
doesn't get really too bright in the morning. I have no idea how you do that. I've seen your I've seen your stories of you wearing the eye mask, and I'm like, yeah. how does she do that? It's I would so feel comfort- like I, maybe I need to like try a good one. It's I mean it's a silk. Well, I hardly even feel it anymore. It's so comfortable. And actually, if you talk to some um, like sleep experts, they actually encourage sleep masks. Um, and I so like it's like it feels like claustrophobic to me. Like it's like I mean, trapped. again, I don't think every one thing works for everybody. Um, so right. it might not work for you, but for but I also haven't know, tried it literally since I was a kid. So maybe I should try it. I yeah, think I, I, mean, I just have like a like oh it won't work for me. You know, one of those things. Yeah, well that's good. Maybe you're a little more open minded now and I would just see. I mean, obviously you don't have to do it. But um it basic I mean, that basically started years ago because I was I lived in a place where it was so bright and I just I need darkness and actually darkness ah. is really good for your sleep. Yes. So it provides that type of like darkness. Um and you know, those are like the main components that I need with me always. But I always also need – I will – now I've fallen asleep to, you know, sleep stories or like meditation. Um, I'll have my earbuds in and – or I'll listen to like a really – a podcast that I've listened to before, something boring. And I, I'll usually fall asleep to something like that. Um I'm not like a reader. I've never been a really big like love of reading anything, which obviously I think that's the best thing you can do is to read before, you know, like you were saying the Kindle to read before bed. Oh, I I think it just like bores you too. Like if you're not a big reader, because I'm not a big reader either. So I think like when I make myself read, it's almost like I, it's not that exciting for me. So it's almost boring in a sense and so it's just like you don't want to sit there and read a whole book you know like I could sit there and watch a whole tv show but I don't want to sit there and read a whole book like that's boring and your brain's so exhausted by the end of the night so I feel like it kind of sends you into like a drowsy you kind of notice your head start like Mm -hmm. bobbling and like but I definitely wouldn't read like a self-help book before bed because that can definitely Mm -hmm. stimulate you but like more of like a you know just that's how I feel when I listen to like insight timer or sleep story, or uh-huh. like a podcast. Um, I'm just a more auditory learner too, so I get the same exact way. I like, I feel like I'm listening, and I just like not off. So, I mean, either way, try some of these different things and see kind of what works oh, for yeah. you. Um, but you know, I also pr- start preparing my body to get ready for sleep at a certain time of night. Mm-hmm. I make sure I know, okay, I need to start preparing my body to sleep. I'll make sure um, – sometimes I'll take a bath if I can have the time for it. Um, but really, you know, I'll brush my teeth. I'll, you know, wash my face like were you saying with the water. Um, you know, I'll make sure I have my my room. There's sometimes like parts of my room where I need to – I sleep better if I know like certain clothes are put away. Or certain things yes. are put away in my room. I, I do a 10-minute tidy up Yeah, every night. It's called yep. a 10-minute tidy up. And I love – my husband's always like, why are you cleaning? We're going to bed. And I'm I like, know. there's something about waking up and everything just being 100%. put together. It just really makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you said that because I'm, I'm totally like that. And I think like you and I sharing all this, like, like you said, like one thing's not that works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for me or Billy or Joe or whoever. Yeah. And so 
but I love listening to people's nighttime routines because I, you take things and you try them out and then you find this little routine that when I started doing all these little techniques, I would tell myself, this is going to help me. And I think by like telling myself and acknowledging like doing these things is going to help me go to sleep and help me stay asleep really helped. Like it's like I'm doing something that's good for me to help me go to sleep. I'm doing the things to help me go to sleep rather than just like having an eventful day and then just like brushing your teeth really quick and then getting in bed and expecting to be tired when you have a very wired brain. So I think like you and I have like grasped that, but it definitely took, I don't know about you, but it took me years to realize that how important it was. Oh yeah. I mean, I, so I always needed my sleep as a kid. Like I remember if I didn't get a certain amount of sleep, I would be nauseous the next day always. And that still happens to me. Yeah. I get really nauseous. That's crazy. I wanted to be like my dad. He can literally like function off of four to five hours. He's like, you know, like Don, they said Donald Trump. Remember he like, like eats fast food and sleeps four hours. Did you ever hear that when he was president? Very unhealthy. Oh no. They said he was so healthy. He feels great. Um, I'm like, I'm that's sure. not me. I'm sure but, any expert would say that's not the healthiest. Oh, thing. Yeah, when they when they analyzed his sleep, they were like, um, "What?" <laughs> uh, but but my dad's like that, and so there's actually this gene in some people who they my dad feels worse when he sleeps more. So like, there's a gene in some people that the mm. they actually do best off of like five to six hours. Isn't I'd that be crazy? Very interested to read more about that because I yeah. never heard about that. No, I've never heard me... about less sleep being being good for you. But I'm curious. I'm always curious. Um, but I, I just want to say really quickly, because I think our routine is really helpful to like go to, to try and get to sleep and really just get in a good in sleep environment. But when it comes to oh, yeah, I found it. panic called- attacks. Okay. A A D R B one and it's it's true. It's they they function that? their best off of six hours of sleep. Okay. Six hours isn't bad. Six hours is okay. I think the average like good is it's like called, eight, but uh, I think six is okay. I don't short know about four sleep. hours. That's like a, short a sleep, uh, short sleep gene. Like literally, my dad feels exhausted if he gets and, like eight hours of sleep. And what does it say that like ever like those people are totally fine and they just yeah. are healthy? Yeah, <laughs> so weird. Can you send that to me? Yeah, I'm so curious. I want to read about that. Um. But yeah, so with like the nocturnal panic attacks, I think that's like just a little different because I mean, I think it's very different because you um, like even if you use some of those things that we talked about to try and get to sleep, you still might wake up with like a panic attack or there still might be things, you know, that's happened to me where I have all of these routines and I'm, you know, I, I have it all down pat, but I've still woken up in like a sweat or like panicking. And sometimes it's because of a scary dream, which, okay. But other times it's not. And I just, I, I sometimes lie there not knowing how to help myself. So some of the things I've learned that do work though is, um, and this is for me, not for everybody, but you might want to try some things, is I will turn on a podcast. Um, not really a meditation because I'm just so wired. I kind of need something to distract myself at that time. So I'll actually turn on a podcast I haven't listened to yet. And I'll something that's maybe about like reality TV or something funny. Like I listen to some comedian podcast. Honestly, I know this is weird, but I'll maybe listen to like a true crime podcast. I'll like 
I need to like distract myself. So I'll listen to something. Sometimes I'll actually watch something, which is not, I know, not good for you to like open your eyes and get that, that light in your eyes. But like when I'm really, really anxious in the middle of the night and I wake up, I need something to distract myself. Um, Sometimes I'll like do some breathing exercises. I'll actually go on YouTube and I'll watch some breathing exercises and really just try and activate the parasympathetic nervous system and just practice those coping skills that I usually do when I'm anxious during the day. Um, Sometimes I'll actually get out of bed and I'll physically like stretch or I'll physically do some, um, you know, yoga, like stretches with like certain yoga stretches um, or I don't know. There's just sometimes I just need to go into another room and just get a glass of water. That actually helps me sometimes. Um, And then I'll just, I'll kind of just like try and that at that point, I'll try and just meditate a little bit or just really do what I can to really just help balance my body again. Um, You know, we just really want our, our, you know, our, obviously our sympathetic nervous system is activated. If we have a nocturnal panic attack, we're having a panic attack. Like we feel those physical symptoms. We need to reset and we need to activate the parasympathetic nervous system and practice some of those coping skills um, and try and just get our body back to rest, you know? So that's just, I think, I think including both of those things, like those, if you do have the panic attacks, you know, just practicing some of those exercises if you wake up in the middle of the night, but having those environments before you go to bed, like this, like just your sleep environment is so important, whatever that looks like. I mean, ours looks different, which is so great because like everybody's is going to look different, but look at all of the different types of tools that we've tried that we know work for us and some didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would highly encourage you to, you know, just try different things. I have a highlight on my page, um, titled nighttime anxiety. And I post, there's a whole bunch of stories in there about like different, different things I've tried and maybe coping tools or exercises and different tangible things I've tried and I, I use and you can try them. Um, and so I think it's just about like trial and error, figuring it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the gene mutation, gene mutation, yeah. actually, they feel fully rested with fewer than six hours. I, I can't wait to read. I, I got to send you this. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's like it's um, a yeah. very, very select population. But if you're one of these people, like reach out to us. I'm curious. Yeah. Like, I'm curious. Agreed. to talk. Well, like I, I know my dad, like I'm very. And so what I was saying about that when I brought that up, though, is like when I was younger, because you said you always needed sleep when you were younger. When I was younger, I actually like would like mirror my dad. And so I would try and like almost like get I only need five hours of sleep. Like I would like say that. And would do that. And I think that was bad for me because I don't think I have that gene. I definitely yeah. don't feel fully rested. So it's yeah. kind of funny. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, how I wonder also how you get like tested for that. Like, if there's like a I test, I think it's just something? based off of how you feel. So, they did a study, it says, because okay. I'm like, so listening, like, I'd be like, oh, can I find out if I have that gene? <laughs> well, it says you feel fully rested with fewer than six hours of sleep. So, if I got five hours of okay. sleep, I know I feel like crap. You know, like I'm not, I'm not functioning. I, so I know so many people though that think that that's what, that they're okay with that amount of sleep, but they also drink like 10 cups of coffee every day. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, no, if you're waking up and you're immediately grabbing coffee, 
I don't think you got a full full uh, yeah, like, I'm rested. I'm like, I don't think you're rested. I think you're just no, used yeah. to what you need. And also probably parents, like parents with young kids. I mean, please. Oh, geez, being fully yeah. rested with young kids. It's like they're oh, allowed to have all the coffee. Yeah. You're ever gonna be. Right. Exactly. Um but yeah, so whatever works for you. And I just say again, it's kind of like creating a sleeping toolkit, sleep anxiety yeah. toolkit. Let us know if any of these things helped you guys or if you added on any of these things. I also forgot one more thing I do. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll use my muse, the head. the head. Uh, yes, that's meditation. what I thought you yeah. were describing before. No, no, no. The hatch but, sleep is different. It doesn't, it doesn't go on you. It doesn't touch. But if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll use the muse and just like – it's just like a little meditation that just like kind of calms me down. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. And guys, I used to think meditation was so stupid. Like I was like, that will never work for me. Like I literally, and I know so many of you guys are like breathwork, meditation, dumb. It's like, yeah, it sounds dumb woo, in the woo. beginning and it might feel dumb in the beginning, but once you like master it, it's such a practice. Once you get a grip on it, it can be your like deadliest weapon for anxiety. Yeah. And I, I do want to mention that breath work and meditation also looks very different for everybody. It's not just like do this meditation and you'll totally like, be cured. Um, yeah. No, it's it's not like that. Um everything is just it's really trial and error, but you also yeah. have to remember that breath work and meditation like there's science behind it. It's not just try to meditate. I mean, there's literally been thousands of studies done on people that struggle with anxiety and practice meditation and different breathing techniques. And it literally activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest response. So it's scientifically based. If you are still hesitant to do it, reach out to me and I will actually like send you some, like you can DM me if you want, and I'll actually send you some different meditations and breathwork videos that are very simple, that are really good to start with, that are not like what you might imagine. So- um, great tips, Taylor. Good episode. Yes. Okay. We love you guys. Bye, and send us uh, you know, some DMs if you have any suggestions on topics. We'll talk to you guys later. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.